Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, we are answering even more of your mailbag questions like, what does the team that win is going to win the Stanley Cup look like in Montreal? Can they trade for Brock Besser? Prospect questions and more. All that inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 751 of Lockdown Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. If you're listening to this wherever you get your daily podcast, and if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much for subscribing. Make sure you ring the bell so you get notified every single time we post a new episode or go live for our live streams, which inevitably involves one of us eating something horrifically disgusting. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, how are you doing tonight? Uh, We are, and to pull the curtain back here, we're recording this before the game against the Coyotes. uh, On Monday night. On Monday night, yes. So uh, if you have more mailbag questions, you can still send them in uh, later on in the week. We will get to those for our Friday show. But Laura, I didn't mean to cut you off. How are you on this Monday evening? I'm doing great. I'm excited that we're doing this. So again, to pull back behind the curtain, I will have embarrassingly uh, wished Scott a happy birthday on uh, on the previous episode. So we gave Scott the night off and I decided to take the opportunity to observe Scott's birthday as a religious <laughs> holiday and take the night off. So we are pre-recording a special mailbag episode, but obviously if there's any big news, you will find me jump on and do a bonus 10 minute episode. However, we discussed some big news in yesterday's episode. Let's get to the mailback questions. Scott, are you ready to answer some really interesting mailback questions that we're getting? I am. Uh, but first, before we do that, remember, if you want to tweet us your mailback questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com, since they're not going to put that 4,000 word limit tweet thing, whatever, on whatever's left of Twitter by the time you were listening to this episode, or in our YouTube comments, just don't be a jerk. Simple as that. All right. Now I am prepared for our mailbag questions. This one's going to be really interesting. It's from Daryl B. It was in the emails. My question is, what's the lines you see a Stanley Cup Montreal Canadiens team have when we win in, let's say, three to five years? So three to five years from now, the Canadians are lifting the Stanley Cup. Who is your, who are your lines? This is tough. I'm going to start on defense. Uh, I He didn't say pairings. Um, but I'm going to include some of those in there anyways, in that I think you're going to have a Matheson-Gooley pairing uh, at some point. And then I think you're going to have Jordan Harris and Lane Hudson on a pairing there. There is a lot to really like about that. And I think if he continues to improve those skills, you have a Logan Mayu as a third pairing defenseman and a power play option because he is very good at putting the puck on net in those situations. And then you have someone like an Arbor Jack Eye or a Jaden Struble if they make it to that next level. And you have potentially maybe, I don't know if Jonathan Kovacevic will be there at that point in time, but I think 
Joel Edmondson will be gone by then. David Savard will be gone by then. Chris Weidman will be gone by then. I think Matheson might be the only surviving member of the veterans in that core. And you're going to see a lot of these young guys and Lane Hudson, especially, I think is going to be a big piece moving that forward. Offensively, things get a little complicated here, but I do, I can very much envision Caulfield, Suzuki, and Slavkovsky being that top line. I want to see that now because I think it would work. On that second line, I think you can have a Kirby Doc, a Joshua Wah, and then someone maybe like a Philip Mashar on the wing or a Yessi Ullinen. Uh On that third line is going to be eating heavy defensive minutes. It doesn't matter who else is there. It's going to have Owen Beck in the middle of it. It's 100% going to have Owen Beck in the middle of it. And then I think they keep someone like Jake Evans around as their fourth line center there because he's still young enough that he can contribute and seems to thrive in that role. And there's so many pieces that you could add in. Someone like a Tyson Milanic who plays with pace if he is offered an NHL contract to make something happen there. Um, I would be very curious, too, to see if any of the other prospects from Europe make the jump over and successfully into the NHL, like an Adam Engstrom or a Pateri Nurmi who could also be part of that defensive group there, or if Oliver Kapanen, uh, who scored tonight for Finland against the U.S. in a pre-tournament game, can make that jump and maybe push back for one of those spots as well. The biggest thing is, a lot of the names that you heard in the last two drafts, I think are going to be the biggest parts of what a Stanley Cup-looking team, or a Stanley Cup-winning team, looks like in Montreal. And that's kind of how it's supposed to be. You were supposed to grow that talent from within. And then you add a piece here or there, which who knows who's available in free agency at that point. Things can change in a heartbeat depending on the Canadians. And I really do think a good chunk of this lineup, because I think Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon both want to build from within to avoid spending in free agency. They're going to do that. And then they might splash out for a big free agent to kind of bring it all together, whether that be in goal or somewhere else. I think it's going to be Willie Nylander. You're going to get so many people in our mentions now. No, but yes, actually do sign William Nylander because it'd be hilarious for one thing. Um, I can't wait to find out he's actually bad when they sign him. It's going to be adorable. <laughs> it's going to be great. And I can't. Willie Nylander is not bad. Well, no, have... We know he's not bad. He tortures the Habs, but we know how the spin machine works when players leave cities after a certain amount of time. And William Nylander has just been a lightning rod for bad takes and crap. Okay, so we've got some more questions, but we spent so much time on this one that I feel like if I ask another question, we're going to go way too far. So why don't we move to the next segment, Scott? All right, so we do have more questions. That's all coming up in our next segment, of course. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. If you are looking for the one-stop shop for all your online betting needs, you need to check out BetOnline.net. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. NCAA bowl season is in full swing. NCAA basketball is in full swing. The NBA is happening. MLB hot stove is absolutely cranked to the max. They have everything you need, including golf, boxing, MMA, whatever you could possibly be looking for. So head to their website. That's betonline.net. Check out the latest odds, lines, news, podcasts. And if you're listening to podcasts like ours, you're going to want to check theirs out too. And remember, bet online, it's where the game starts. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. It is a Wednesday special mailbag. We are still taking questions 
before Friday because we were recording this on Monday because neither of us wanted to uh, not observe my own birthday. And I'm pretty sure Carly would kill me if I tried to work on my birthday anyways. Laura, what else is in the mailbag today? So we've got some questions from the YouTube. So this would have been a couple weeks ago, but like I promised, we saved it. Uh, any chance you can do an episode on goalies? Sadly, goalies are forgotten a lot. For example, topics like goalie coaches in the system, who's responsible for prospects, AHL and NHL goalies for the Habs, and progression for the prospects. Also, more generally, how do you see the NHL wanting more goals, but disrespecting goalies by removing the ability to play the puck like Brodeur and Turco did in the corners back in the days? Do you think it's good wanting more goals by not letting goalies to show every skill they have and not resolve the issues of goalie interference penalties is also a big issue? Okay. This is two things. One, I don't necessarily think that removing the ability for the goalies to play the puck necessarily results in fewer goals. I think it gives the advantage to more skilled goalies like Carey Price, right? Yeah, I. Th my thought with that is I, it, it's twofold on two things. Just get rid of the trapezoid because it's the dumbest rule in sports in that if goalies want to make – because here's the thing is at other levels, there is not a trapezoid there. And goal, you'll see goalies just wandering out wild and free like God intended. And making and, plays. Yeah, and I want that chaos because it's fun. They can go forward and go to play pucks. We saw, we've saw we seen it a number of times. Let good goalies who can handle the puck play behind net, and we're going to find out who can and can't actually play the puck. Like they talk a lot about Mike Smith being a good puck handler and everything. Mike Smith is one, was one of the most chaotic goalies I've ever seen in my entire life, and I wish he wasn't playing with a trapezoid there. Because can you imagine the crap that man would have gotten into if there wasn't a trapezoid to play the puck in? It would have been so glorious in every single battle of Alberta that Mike Absolutely. Smith went out to handle the puck. It would be so fun and so funny. All right. So the next thing is, so yes, we do. We actually aren't planning to do a goalie episode. We're planning to do a goalie week. That's coming up at some point. Um, you know, there's some breaks in the in the Hab season and we're going we're gonna to get our guests together. We're going to have like a really goalie focused, maybe not like one full week consecutively, but at least five episodes, like at least like five goalie related episodes are coming up at some point. We promised them at the beginning of the season, we are working on them. Uh, but goalie interference, the NHL really needs to figure this out. Yeah, it's at this point, it goalie interference, offside, high stick. I don't know. I don't know. I, and goalie interference is the whole thing. As our friend Mark Dumont likes to put it on Twitter, is that Carey Price got dragged to Nova Scotia uh, by Chris Kreider and the goal counted. But if you sneeze on a goalie 30 seconds prior to the puck going in, it can be overturned. That's an NHL issue that it's like, at, at a certain point, they have to address it. But, you know, teams say, ah, we're happy with the way things are going. And I think to myself, why? You, you deserve better than, you know... Well, I think this is what goalie interference is on a given night. There's no standard. And that's the biggest thing is that if they set a baseline standard, like this play here is what constitutes goaltender interference. And that is the standard. We're golden. But it changes from game to game to game to game to game to period to period to period to shift to shift to shift. And who the hell knows? And it's and that's the frustrating part. And that's not just goaltender interference, but that's the biggest thing. You want scoring to go up, but then you take goals away for a guy maybe touching the toe of someone's skate earlier in the shift. Yeah. Counterintuitive. 
I just I just think that either don't have a rule or they need the rule. I was they, they need, need the a rule. rule or someone's going to go flying elbow macho man Randy Savage right through a goalie's dome and go there's no rule against it so like Right, but the way that they're like sort of they're, the way that they're applying the rule right now makes it feel like there isn't one. Yeah, it's 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 a guideline more than a rule, I guess, and the guideline sucks. So, like, yes, okay. So this has come up a few times in our mailbag. It's come up a few times in our mentions. It's come up a few times in our comments. But Scotch, do you think the Montreal Canadiens should trade for Brock Besser? And do you think that, like, what do you think the Habs should give up? If you think the answer is yes, I do. Uh, just because, why not? He seems like the kind of guy that a fresh start might help reinvigorate part of his career there. Uh, and I think that Vancouver itself has a really bad rash festering under the surface. Bo Harvat doesn't seem super happy. There was that whole JT Miller is, you know, getting into it with fans and like everything about it seems really bad in that I know they have a new ownership group or not new ownership, but new front office. And there was some trauma involving that that we won't get into. That's not our place. But it seems like there's a lot of players that if you were to pull them out of there, that it would help reinvigorate a lot of their career. They said the only untouchable they have is Elias Pettersson. Which, okay. Fair. Uh, Fair. Trade, for, trade for Quinn Hughes then. But they said it would take a like gargantuan offer, which, okay, duh. But in terms of Brock Besser, like the value is low because they're clearly trying to get rid of him at this point. Contracts a little heavy in some direction there, and he hasn't been able to live up to that. But also the Canucks have been an objectively bad team. And yeah, Besser and Horvat and those guys need to perform better, but it's not their fault. The supporting cast around them isn't good. You're paying Tyler Myers. You're paying JT Miller $8 million a year to not play defense. Like Besser seems like a guy that I think if he came to Montreal would kind of, yeah, he's under a spotlight here too, like he was in Vancouver, but it's a new start for him. And it's a new team and a new ownership group with a clear direction. I don't know what the Canucks direction is. They're not good enough to contend and they have too many big contracts to blow it all up again. So Besser to me seems like a guy that you can get for a second and like a, maybe a mid tier prospect, or maybe it's just, you know, a, um, a combination of picks, but if he's there to be taken, why the hell not? Assuming Ken Hughes has moved other contracts off the books here for the next two years, I'm all for it. And I think he'd be a really fun addition to the Canadians lineup. If that were to happen. Yeah, I, I think a hundred percent that that's where I stand. And I feel like we just talked about in the previous segment about what the Canadians lineup will look at, look, will look like when they're contending for a Stanley cup in a few years, like n without just a big name, let's say a big name free agent or a veteran trade deadline, you know, acquisition or something like that. You need a player that's sort of in the middle, right? Kind of still in their prime, very useful, can still grow into the fit, like, sorry, grow into fitting with this team be part of it, but brings a wealth of experience with him as well. I think that's important as well. So I, I do agree with that. Scott, do we have time for any more questions or should we move on to the next segment? If you have a short one, yes. If not, we can move on to our next segment. Uh, our friend Casey D, who takes us on walks with him, out of the halves, prospects who, who will possibly be at the World Juniors, 
who do you think will have the best tournament? So he did ask this question after Owen Beck was cut. I'm still very angry at Hockey Canada for that. Uh, simply, I think it's going to be Joshua Wah, uh, to be quite honest. Um, he's likely to get power play time for Team Canada. He's a returning player for Team Canada. And it's it's Team Canada stacked. Oliver Kapanen played very well for Finland today um, against the U.S. in a pre-tournament game. Wah played well for Team Canada. Lane Hudson, they're still trying to figure out power play stuff. If they allow Hudson to cook on the power play, I think that could change. But Joshua Wah, far and away, seems like the guy who's going to perform the most. I am most intrigued to see what Philip Mashar can do, though, because obviously Slavkovsky is not there, but he's still got, I believe, Simon Nemec is going. I think Mashar and Nemec are going to have to really carry that Slovak team. And we saw it, uh, God, it's been, what, five or six years since Martin Revi did the same thing uh, with Dennis Godla and Net, and I think we could see something similar to that. Um, but I'm not betting against Joshua Wah being one of the stars for Team Canada in this tournament. Uh, and we're going to move on to our next segment. We have a handful more questions to finish up, and we're going to get into all those coming up next. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. As always, if you want to send us your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com or in the YouTube comments, just please don't be a jerk. Simple as that. Laura, what else do we have in the mailbag today? I just want to really quickly acknowledge that in the mailbags so far, not this one, uh, but Rick B has been uh, creating a fanfic slash soap opera of Locked On Canadians, uh, where I own a team and Scott is the long-suffering general, general manager. Um, and he's called it As the Puck Rolls, so it's a soap opera. Um, so he did acknowledge that uh, we, we asked the question. So I'm anticipating more questions from Rick B. And I hope that we can put together like a full episode <laughs> one day of like all of the little, um, all of the little as the puck rolls and just have a standalone. Speaking of standalones, we have a very fun episode coming for you during the holidays. It is going to be very silly and we hope it doesn't get us fired. Uh, <laughs> on to the mailbag questions. Jeff the Red asks, complete this sequence. The Canadians' power play is so bad. How bad is it? It's so bad that... Dot, dot, dot. Stepping on a live wire seems like less suffering. Okay. That's grim. I understand that that's grim, but have y'all watched the Canadians' <laughs> power play? Like That went least... way more sideways than I thought it would. Laura, <laughs> we've done this podcast for almost four years. It, I didn't say arson, so Julian can't yell at me this time. So, like, but at least stepping on a live wire, there's quite literally a jolt of excitement before you die. But like the Canadians' power play is, it's like you're slowly being gummed to death by like a toothless bear. Like sooner or later, it's it's gonna get to the point, but you've already fallen asleep and you're just kind of annoyed at this point when it keeps happening. <laughs> All right. Um, I can't say what somebody suggested to that because I don't know if the the thing that he said was like sponsors any of the Locked On podcasts. Okay. So I'm not going to. Um, that's the only reason I'm not mentioning it. Redacted um, on redacted. this podcast. <laughs> exactly. And then we've got Kenneth L. Hi, Lauren Scott. I've been a listener for a couple of seasons now, but finally have a good reason to ask a question. Sorry, Laura, though, as it's mostly for Scott as it's rocket based. That's fine. I totally, it's, I totally understand. I bought myself and my brother tickets to a rocket and Syracuse crunch game in mid-January to celebrate my 40th birthday. Happy birthday. 
Yes. I got tickets right on the glass and plan on taking my nice camera as long as I'm allowed. I'd say I'm a knowledgeable amateur with good equipment. Amazing. So what craziness should I be looking to capture? Would you want me to share any good images I do take with you? Yes. If you can give us permission to use the images, we would be grateful because then we can use them on our social media or on the thumbnails on YouTube with permission, with, with credit, if you're okay with that. Thank you, Kenneth. So, Scott, what kind of craziness should Kenneth be looking to capture? Uh, so, and this goes way back to when they were the Hamilton Bulldogs. There are zero normal games between the Syracuse Crunch and Canadians affiliates. They are always super, super on the edge of spilling into nonsense all the time. And the playoffs did not help that at all last year when the Rocket uh, came back to win it in overtime and advanced to the next round against the Crunch. You're going to see scrums. You're going to see at least one fight more than likely. You will see probably a boatload of goals because the Rockets score a ton and their goaltending hasn't been great. And in this, it's like when the Habs play the Senators. Throw logic and reason out the window and expect ridiculousness. It's going to be a good time. You're going to see a lot of action, good or bad. And the Crunch themselves are a very good high-scoring team. You're going to see a lot of really good AHL players there. And the Rocket may look entirely different at that point too, depending on uh, what they do after the roster freeze. Um, obviously, Anthony Richard is with the Canadians right now at the time of reading this. I'm sure he will be back with them in, in short order uh, before too long. But honestly, you're in for a treat because there are no normal um, – I almost said sentence games. There are no normal Belleville Senators games either. There are no normal Crunch Rocket games. They are always – very, very nasty, very, very old school, and very, very fun. Maybe not if you're me, you have to clip everything, but you're in for a treat. And yes, please do tweet us the images, everything. We would be so appreciative of that. All right, so we've got a question from our friend Richard D., the one we met um, outside the Bell Center. Uh, oh. Yes, so uh, he actually asked a question when I was doing a solo mailbag as well. I was so grateful to that. So he's got like, this is not a follow-up question. He asked about Kotkaniemi. Um, and so the next, this question is a little bit different. Looking at the current state of the rebuild, Suzuki is obviously the number one center of this franchise and he's doing a great job in that role. But to build a team that's going to win the cup, you need that quality depth down the middle. We have, subject to change, four rolls at the dice for this number two center role. Doc, Beck, Mayshar, or a 2023 draft pick. Somebody like Jaeger, Dvorsky, Richie, or Stramel? 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 Charlie Stramel. Stramel. To play devil's advocate, however, if the price was reasonable, would you consider extending Dvorak to be that third line lock? I really appreciate what he brings to the team. Plus, he would be he would bring a great wealth of experience to an increasingly youthful lineup. I understand his trade value, but I think it's a dangerous game to play continuously selling off players in favor of youth. Here's looking at the teams currently in the 10th year of their rebuilds. Hi, Ottawa. I think um, a team that I added that that was editorializing for me. Uh, I think a team that comfortably has Dvorak as its third line pivot is a contending team. Like his goal celebrations, conversations around him tend to be quite muted. What are your thoughts? 
I'm in favor of keeping Dvorak. I like Christian Dvorak a lot, actually. And he, I think he kind of, because he came at the same time as that whole Kotkaniemi thing, is that he was expected to be an immediate perfect replacement and advance the rebuild, not realizing that the rest of the Canadians team was incredibly flawed and terrible. But I don't mind keeping him there because there's no guarantee Meshar is going to make the jump right to the NHL as a center. There's no guarantee Owen Beck is going to, even though we think he's going to, there's no guarantee that he's going to make that jump. You got to have that safety net just in case things don't go the way you need them to. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And Dvorak seems like the perfect fit for that. He does chip in with some timely goals here and there. He's not a big offensive guy, but I think as a secondary piece and to help, you know, get the kids some time to get adjusted to pro hockey. I think that's a good choice there. And then whoever they pick in this draft, and I do think they might go after a center in this draft because there's a lot of good ones. Uh, we might see, you know, that next one there. So um, I believe that is going to bring a wrap to this very special Mad Bag. We still have one that we will record Thursday night for Friday for you to listen to on your holiday trip to wherever it may be, even if it's just your couch, because you can watch us on YouTube. Just please subscribe, ring the bell so you get notified. If you are traveling, we can you can find us wherever you find your daily podcast. Just make sure you're subscribed. We pop up at the top of your feed at midnight every night when the new episode goes live, unless they are playing at 10 p.m., in which case the episode gets posted when the episode gets posted the next day. I am Scott Matla. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott Matla. You can follow my co-host at The Active Stick. You can follow the show at LO underscore Canadians, where we post Lane Hudson and Cole Caulfield memes because that's who we are as people. And folks, we will see you all next time.